0: If you're an attorney that struggles with getting home in time for dinner or taking a vacation without your cell phone and your laptop attached to your hip, or maybe you just can't figure out why you don't make more money based on your education level and the service that you give to your clients. Maybe you're an attorney who wonders, why can't my law firm operate without my constant presence? Or finally, maybe you're thinking to yourself, I wonder if I can ever retire from my firm. Maybe I'm gonna have to work right to my dying day like so many other attorneys before me have done. Well, hi, my name is Richard James and I created EA Nation so that you could learn how to build a law firm that supports your lifestyle as compared to undermining your lifestyle. EA Nation stands for Entrepreneurial Attorney Nation and we join together, whether they're like-minded entrepreneurial attorneys to unpack the secrets to how to do just that. And I wanna help you build your law firm better one system at a time. So. Without further ado, let's get started with this next episode. Today, uh, in today's interview with an expert, we have one of our long-term partners. And so a brief from Lex Reception, uh, has, Lex Reception themselves has been around my world for almost from the beginning. Uh, I was looking for a uh, service to help me with our phones. We found them. Uh, we found they worked with a number of our clients already and so we've been working with them for a number of years. Uh, they work with firms that are in our world and not in our world. And those that are in our world, uh, as many of you know, I teach a very specific structure and, and script that needs to be used to maximize what we call the set rate. And so when we look at the perfect client life cycle and we measure the number of leads we get as compared to the number of appointments that we set, the way we maximize that number, or one of the key ways we maximize that number, is to ensure that we're using the 11-step structure, and Lex Reception has adopted that, and they use it, and they and for the, our members who want them to use it, can actually uh, have their staff use it for their steps, for their script and their structure, and we're going to talk about things that happen inside of that and outside of that, based on what's going on in the virtual world. Um, but I hope you enjoy today's conversation because I highly recommend not only Lex for what they provide as a service, but also their insight as to what's happening in this virtual world, as we've changed from everything in the office to now it feels like everybody's working from home, right? and there's lawnmowers going off in the back, and there's guys with, with uh, you know leaf blowers happening in your back, and the dog is barking, and the kids are crying, and the kid is trying to get his way on camera, and your spouse is yelling at you in the other room, and all the while, you're trying to work as if you were back in your office, and things have gone a little crazy, and if they're crazy for you, they're crazy for your prospects and your clients as well, so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So, Brie, are you with me?
1: I'm doing pretty good, thank you.
0: Good. Tell I'm everybody what part s- of the world? What part of the world are you in?
1: Uh, I'm in South Texas, like the very tip of Texas.
0: South, the southernmost part of Texas. So, yeah, like it's by not, the border. <laughs> so it's not snowing there.
1: No, but it is in the 50s. It was. 33 last week and it. It, it made me remember why I don't want to move back to Oregon because I've I've gone in this like oh I'm ready to go I miss my mom and then last week's weather I was like nope I'm not going back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right I forgot why I left. I was <laughs> yeah. to be reminded. Well, listen. When I, we we spent December in, in Phoenix. Never it was like a record breaking Phoenix for amount of rain. It rained unbelievably. So I didn't get to experience the beautiful weather in Phoenix. We came back to Charlotte while we were in Phoenix. It was seventy degrees in Charlotte. Came back to Charlotte, and just last week we had you know accumulated snow on the ground. I woke up to snow on the ground, and so we have seemed to hit the weather lottery in my world, meaning <laughs> the opposite of it. We missed the lottery. And, and we haven't experienced good weather at all. I'm, as, as many of you who are coming from colder climates, coming to visit in Phoenix, I'm super excited. Brie, are you are you going to be coming to Phoenix to visit with us next week?
1: Um, no, I won't be able to go next week. I have some personal stuff. So,
0: so you're going to be enjoying the cooler weather in Texas. Good. So yes, how long virtually. have you been with Lex?
1: Um, actually, I've been with the company for almost 13 years now, I think, 13. Um, we, I kind of started more as the agent that would take the calls.
0: Yep.
1: Um, after like a couple months, I moved into the admin role for like our main office. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did more admin kind of doing the, the end like billing checks, all of that. I've done pretty much everything. I did that role for about four years. When my son started school, I decided like, oh, I don't know if I want to work from home, but I want to be able to do everything with him. So I took, I guess, a demotion, you could call it. I went back to being an agent and I got to do everything with him. I got to do his field trips. You know, if he needed something, I could take off work. Um, And I did that for four more years as an agent um, before I had to take a leave because my dad had a brain tumor. So I came to Texas, took care of him. Um, and then when I came back from leave, they offered me the sales uh, assistant position with Brie. And I was like, sure, I have done almost everything in the company. So let's, let's try it.
0: Um, yeah, and, that wasn't confusing to us at all too right <laughs> two, two Breeze. that wasn't two breeze, a, yeah. yeah
1: um I think it kind of worked out though because you even though it's a new brie it's still the same name and
0: so yeah, with how how with how bad I am with names it worked out very <laughs> very very well yeah. yeah
1: so and then I ended up here and honestly this has been my favorite because I get to go travel meet everyone especially with the Richard James group I love everyone in the group so I always get to see them and you know, go out to dinners. Um, So this has probably been my most favorite role, like being able to travel.
0: So what I love though, is that you not only have experience now working with a wide variety of different law firms and seeing how they operate, but you also have real frontline experience of doing it yourself. And you have also been, you know, for us in our world, you've been exposed to our teachings and what we believe to be true about the way we should go about setting an appointment. And so you've you've seen a, a lot of it. And so today we're gonna to talk about some of the changes you've seen in the last couple of years with this virtual world. You have some uh, slides, I think. Is it uh, Manuelita? Is it Manny? Is that is she go by Manny? Manny, Manny. Yes. okay, Manny, because I'm gonna I will not say her name correctly <laughs> on camera and then I'm gonna make myself look silly. So, Manny, can you share the screen? Thank you so much. Great. So today we're talking about rethinking remote and staying connected to your clients in an increasingly virtual world. So I'll let you drive the bus and talk and, and take it from here and then I'll kind of ask questions in between. Fair enough? Yep. Okay.
1: So the reason I wanted to pick this topic is I feel like even though a lot of us are kind of back to normal, you know, things in the world have started opening up. I think some of us still find ourselves in a time of uncertainty. Um, so I wanted to start with how client expectations have changed in the last two
0: years. Okay.
1: According to research in the 2018 legal trends report, only 23% of consumers were open to the idea of working uh, remotely with a lawyer. And I So think that was
0: before COVID, right? Before COVID. Okay. So um, before COVID, only 23% of prospects were open to working with a lawyer remotely. Got it, okay. Correct,
1: Um, I think the slide's not changing though.
0: Yeah, there we go. Okay,
1: Um, and then last year, so COVID time now, last year, the the Trends Report reported that 79% of respondents actually saw that option to work remotely with a lawyer as an important deciding factor for them. So yeah, you can so, see the so, jump.
0: Yeah, not only the jump. So let's talk about that spread for a second. So for me, here's what that says. So it's exciting to me because it, it for me, it frees up the lawyers, the, law, the small law firm owners in, in, in many ways, in a, a lot of expense categories. So there's some things that we used to need as a law firm, big offices, lots of conference room space, lots of space for all of our employees. And what we're finding is while there are a lot of firms who still appreciate that benefit, there are a lot of firms who are now realizing, you know, because my clients are actually okay with working remotely and I had to figure out how to systematize around it, I've got these systems built anyway, that that we can actually look at reducing some of our overhead as our lease renewals are coming up and letting uh, more of our staff work remotely and or on a hybrid schedule. However, I would say there's one more opportunity cost here in that because people have become accustomed to doing a lot more of their life remote uh, from vis- doctor's visits, you know, to the way that they're buying houses. I mean, we literally bought this house over FaceTime um, because it's just the way the world was and we needed to do, do it with speed based on the way the market was. And so what's happening is the, the the consumer, their regular everyday occurrence has more and more remote functions, which means they're starting to be able to differentiate between companies who get it and companies who don't. And so because more and more people are okay with remote and more and more people are working remotely, it's become vital to make sure that that first impression is nailed. Would you agree with that?
1: I would. And that was actually going to be what I asked you next was what have you seen change? <laughs> so that really actually was my next point
0: there. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I just look at if you get this. So if you let your voicemail, if you get your calls, go to voicemail or your calls are being answered by battle Bertha, you know, Hey, this is the Smith law firm. How can I help you? You know, kind of like thing like you can't, you got to realize that that's just not going to do you any good. and, and People aren't gonna if you can't figure this out, if you if you don't have your ducks in a row if you can't if you say well let me have them call you back because i don't have availability to their calendar what do you mean everybody has availability to everybody's calendar anymore what are you talking about get with the 21st century right like you can't say these things anymore and get away with it you used to be able to get away with that stuff you're not going to get away with it anymore you have to have your eye on the prize which means you have to make sure that the first person answering your phone calls has got the right tools and the right training to make sure they let that prospect know that your your firm is with it and can handle any scenario virtually tossed their way. So anyway, I think first impressions have become more important now than they ever have uh, because of the virtual world we moved into. So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but keep going.
1: No, that's okay. Um, that was the next question. So what I've been hearing a lot from clients and marketing companies is lawyers need 24 seven availability which I already think that this has already been the case anyways for certain practice areas, criminal firms, if someone's getting a DUI in the middle of the night, Um, but we're seeing a change in when people are reaching out. It's not your normal nine to five business hours. Personally, for me, I know by the time I remember like, oh, I needed to call my doctors today. It's usually after hours and then it's just a call recording. Um, so well, definitely. I think what's
0: happened, Bree, is because a lot of us are working from home and and this crossover of this remote world has happened, everything has started to merge together. And so it's not necessarily a good thing, by the way, that we've lost our personal space and our business space because they've kind of gone like this. Um, because it seems like work is now forever, and you know, in some instances it seems like play is now forever, but 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 the problem is is that yeah not the nine to five idea boy that's kind of gone right and so you've got to be prepared to have your phones answered after hours because if you're not you're probably losing business agreed agreed okay
1: philosophy's survey found um, that the biggest difference in making contact with new leads, following up fast was the major thing. Um, I believe it was uh, the research that they found the prospects receiving a call within one minute of the initial inquiry was 391% more likely to convert to a client.
0: Yeah, so I you know I teach this concept called the, the three S's, and one of the S's is speed. So in converting on the phone, speed is is vital. And this I, my first recording I think I made of your practice mastered was 2010 uh, ish, and so in 2010 ish, twelve years ago, the study they had back then was that we were 350% more likely to convert an appointment, a phone call to an appointment if we connected with them within the first five minutes. It doesn't wow. surprise me that the new study shows that it's down to one minute because of the way the world works today, right? right. Uh, it's so easy. Like in 2010, people actually still use the yellow pages. So they would have had to go back to the yellow pages and look up another person and dial the phone again, like now they literally just click another button on their phone and they're connected with another firm, right? So right. it's instant. If, they, if, they have, if they're in pain, listen, if they're picking up the phone and they're calling you, whether it's interrupting their day or it's after hours, one or the other, they're doing so likely because they've reached the point of pain. It's possible that it's because your marketing was done so well that it convinced them to pick up the phone and call. It's not likely though what's likely is the pain that they're experiencing emotionally or physically or both uh, it is very, very real to them at that moment. And they're calling for this pain to go away. And the first thing they need for their pain to go away is for somebody to answer the phone. And if your firm doesn't answer the firm, all they do is move right down the list and they call another firm. And so speed is vital. If you're, for, and, 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 and let's just forget after hours, what about during the day? How many times does a call come in while one of your reps or employees is on the phone and, and, and it rolls over? Well, a lot of firms make the mistake and have that rollover go to voicemail. And, and that means that it could be one minute, it could be five minutes, Jeez, it could be 30 minutes before they get back to that voicemail. I left a voicemail for a doctor's office the other day and it took them 48 hours to get back to me. They were lucky i was too busy to go call somebody else i just happened to call them on the weekend and gave them some grace but nobody called me back and i have to live i had to leave a voicemail the only reason i'm still doing business with them is because i had already done business with them once and i really love their service if that was a new call i wouldn't have been doing business with them it's, uh, but they didn't have an answering service they had a voicemail leaving voicemail is a horrible idea having your calls roll over when they're busy to a live person who can answer it and actually follow your script and structure, that's the right idea. That, in- that gives us speed, that gives us human touch, that gives us the ability to start building relationship and asking the right questions, that shows that we're a firm who's got it together. Frida, I'm sorry, does it sound like I get all wired up about this? I'm sorry, but I mean, <laughs> I like
1: it. I like it. It's kind of going what I was gonna go over, anyways. Um, cool. My tip to that was just make sure you do have a system and people in place to respond quickly. With what you just talked about, the whole voicemail kind of went into my next slide or my next talk that I was gonna discuss is uh, automatic automatic recordings. So,
0: is that on I your next slide?
1: Um, well, it's just what I'm going to talk about. It's not oh, cool. Side, Got it. But, um, yeah, so this actually happened to me pretty recently. Um, it actually was during Halloween. So my son went to go to Notre Dame to go to a college college game with my dad and my brother. Wow. Um, he was set to come home. He's only 14. Mind you. He was set to come home by himself that Sunday, Saturday morning, I get a message. His flight was canceled. And I was like, what do you mean the flight is canceled? Like he's a minor, he needs to come home. So I'm calling and calling and it's just a recording. And it's like, due to the long wait times, like your hold is over four hours. And I'm like, i'm I'm panicking i'm in the middle of like it's halloween we're at a i'm at a halloween party i'm hysterical by the time like i actually am calling over and over and so finally i just gave up i was so upset i was crying at the party i was crying and i'm like okay i need to borrow your computer i went on i just booked another plane ticket and got him on a plane ticket. Well, that's not the best part. The best part is that I didn't check what what he was flying into, like where I was buying that ticket from. So Dallas has two airports apparently, and I bought it from the wrong airport. So then I had it Sunday, buy a third ticket, Um, all because I just wasn't patient and didn't want to deal with the (laughs) IVR.
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, it, it was really bad, and well, that was like a thousand dollars later.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and you know, listen, that ha- that happens. But your point is well taken. You know, you didn't, you couldn't connect with a live person because of, you know, because of just sheer overwhelm to the phones, and and sometimes that happens. You know, you think, well, that won't happen in a small law firm. No, you're wrong. Uh, if you if you uh, choose as a small law firm to uh, start to invest in radio or TV advertising uh, and you figure out the formula and uh, you end up with a budget and everybody thinks it's so expensive and it's not. Um, We actually got an ad for, it costs $5,000 for one ad, $5,000 for one ad, but it was a two minute segment and we got it on the Olympics, right during the Winter Olympics. And we ended up with 375 phone calls in the matter of minutes on that Olympics. Now I was smart enough back then to make relationships with several different answering services. And what I did was they worked together to jerry chain their services together. So I had enough reps, but even with all the answering services I had jerry chained together. Cause this thing happened at whatever, seven o'clock at night. We didn't have enough horsepower to manage all of the inbound calls at one time, and so consequently, a lot of them were abandoned. And then we had to call back and manage all of that abandonment. Now, is your small law firm going to run an ad that uh, gets three hundred and fifty phone calls in the matter of you know a few minutes? Possibly. So it can happen to you as well as it happened during uh, crazy weather and cancellations during airline traffic. So you're not immune to it, a small business either. And some things you just can't fix, uh, like these massive outages or overwhelm of the phones. But that doesn't mean we should ignore having the system in place to try to avoid uh, having the phone answered by an answering or uh, voicemail at all costs, because you can. nobody likes it. Nobody Nobody, like, nobody enjoys it. And they're going to try to do business somewhere else. So where else they, do you wanna go from here, Brie? And they probably won't leave a voicemail. Yeah, they—they they, why would they? Cause they're just gonna pick up the phone and call somebody else.
1: So we recommend having 24 seven live coverage, of course. And what I be, mean by the live coverage is a real person on the other end, people want that human contact. Um, according to a recent study by Forbes, the vast majority of consumers prefer community, communicating with real people over AI. Um, Another important factor to consider here is the initial inquiry. So what's happening when your PNCs are reaching out to the firm? Uh, For those of you that might not know, PNC means potential new clients. I'll probably reference this a lot. So in case you don't know, um, the legal trends reported 71% of people wanted to get in touch with a lawyer by phone in the early stages of their legal matter.
0: Yeah, so, I, so a couple of things. Uh, the, the 24-7 uh, I want to address, like that should be anywhere you advertise with a phone number, your website, a print ad, direct mail, whatever, it should always let them know they can call 24-7. Uh, and so that is a, a marketing advantage, not just a convenience for your clients, you will find yourself increasing conversions from your your leads or clicks to your leads or views to your leads uh, because you offer them the ability to call 24 seven. Even though somebody from your firm may not be there, somebody as an extension of your firm in a Lex reception role would be there. Um, And then the idea of wanting to interact with a live human being, I mean, I'll tell you, I've only had one AI experience that I felt was worthy of getting me as close to a human being as possible. And I still knew it was AI. And that AI experience was um, my family and I went to Japan. So my youngest son, when he graduated high school, uh, he'd always talked about going to Japan uh, as a dream someday. So we decided that that was gonna be his graduation gift. So the four of us picked up and went to Japan and it was a great trip. And at one point I heard about, I was Googling cool things to do in Tokyo. And one of the things that came up was these things called Mario karts. And so what it is, is you end up dressing up as a Mario character, driving the streets of Tokyo in these little mini go-karts going like 45, 50 miles an hour. So you gotta go down to the local AAA, get yourself an international driver's license. You take the international driver's license with you to Japan and, you, um, and you, you can drive these cars and they lead you on a tour of Tokyo, driving the streets of Tokyo, which means, yes, when there's a big truck on the highway that you're driving on, their wheel is right there and your head is right here and it's a bit <laughs> freaky. But, but here's the point. In order to do that, the only way you can do business with them is through Facebook. And the only way that you do business with them on Facebook is through the Facebook Messenger and the Facebook Messenger is set up as a bot. A, an AI bot. And based on your answers and responses, they communicate with you. And it was done really, really well. And it you know, had to have me upload my international driver's license and the whole nine yards in order to be able to be approved. Outside of that, most other AIs or bots I've experienced are horrible. And it's like, you know, the guy when you call, you know, American Airlines or whatever, and they say, you know, what can I help you with? Say this, say that, say this. And you say it. And of course, it doesn't understand you. And we think that the solution is we scream louder into the (laughs) phone and we just end up frustrated, right? So AI is not a good solution. What's a good solution is talking to somebody. Well, the reason why a lot of people don't want, they, they want to use a solution other than AI or like a phone tree or something, they don't wanna use a a real person is because of the cost. And, And what I would tell you is it's not a cost if we're talking about a lead call, like a new lead call. It's an investment. Because if we get them on with a live person, we're more likely to convert them. If we're more likely to convert them, we get more revenue generated because of that. There's a true return on investment of having somebody on the phone. This should not be viewed as an expense. Now. That 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 you know, there's a justification, yeah, Mm -hmm. juxtaposition there between new lead calls and client calls. The client call conversation we'll put in the parking lot. That's there for another time. Today we're talking about these new lead calls. Getting somebody on the phone with a live person as soon as humanly possible will increase your conversions. It's just that simple. That's why it's an investment, not an expense. Sorry. Go ahead, Bree.
1: Well, next, I was going to go into uh, who is answering the phone, making sure they're having the proper phone etiquette. Yeah. So, one, answering with a smile, because the person on the other end of the line can hear if you're smiling or if you're just like, hey, how can I help you? Um, and that, I feel like, is kind of how it does start to build the trust process, um, and it's going to help the caller feel like you actually care about them.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know what we call – I mean, we have outbound phone calls to law firms. And we, there was a point when we were making maybe, what, 4,000 phone calls, 5,000 phone calls a month, maybe more. And you know how many times we'd call a law firm and we'd hear, law firm, what? Law firm, what can I do for you? That was like how they answered their phone. And this was their internal person. This wasn't an answering service. They, they said the word just law firm, not Robleski Law Firm, not, hey, this is the Robleski Law Firm, Julie speaking, how can I help you? Not, none of that. No smiles, no pleasantries. Just like, you're bothering me. I can't imagine why you're calling me. You must have done something horrible in your life that you had to call a law firm. Let me treat you like you're a small human being and you're unimportant to me. That's kind of how I feel when they do that, right? So right. you guys make sure that the person you're talking to is properly trained in etiquette and the ability to have a conversation with a smile, right?
1: Not just the smile too, also to have that empathy and be able to mirror the caller. So for example, if someone calls in, let's say they were just in a horrible car accident, um, you know, they're injured, you don't want someone saying like, oh, great, can I go ahead and get your information? (laughs) Uh, Because- yeah, you want them to be smiling, but now it's like, okay, someone's really injured. So maybe instead having the tone more, I'm so sorry to hear that. You've called the right place. Right. So again, not all cheery, even though, yes, you do want them to answer with that smile. You got to also mirror the caller.
0: Yeah. We had the same business when I own the same problem when I own funeral homes, right? When somebody called and said, Grandma died, you don't want to be all smiley and say, Oh, wow. All right. Well, let's get this scheduled for you. Like that's not the moment to be cheery, right? There yeah. are you know, we, we had to perfect our funereal voice, right? It was more like, oh, I'm so sorry about mom. I'm so sorry about grandma. Listen, we're here for you. I just have to ask you a couple of quick questions. Let me, you know. And so you move into your soft voice and you talk to them the way that they expect and want to be talked to at that moment we got a couple of members on here. One, uh, David Lear, way back when we were talking about the after hours, said that most of his Lex reception, he must be a client of yours, come in after he closes. So right after he closes the door, he gets calls that are leads, right? And then Charles says that he, he too uh, had a version of Battle X Bertha, and they still do that, and she's last on the phone tree. In other words, he does have Battle X Bertha in his office. He recognizes it. He believes Battle Axe Bertha has a purpose, which I'm sure she does, um, but she is not allowed to be the first line of defense when the phone rings and I respect that. And I think he's right. Uh, so sorry, go ahead, keep going Bree.
1: So recently I helped an attorney whose biggest frustration that their colors were seeing were having to speak to multiple people, like three to four different people before getting to the initial consult. Yep. So having a strong intake structure in place is going to help contribute to not only a successful intake, but also the frustration that your colors are having with having to talk to multiple people. Well, so,
0: so for you know, yeah. I, so I got to say, and I don't mean to interrupt, but like. In my ten-point scoring system for how we score a call, uh, when it when we intake it, like there is a there is a minus points for putting somebody on hold, right? So like never ever 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 put a new prospect on hold. And so the only way to have them like usually talk to more than one person is to typically transfer them, which is fundamentally putting them on hold, uh, whether it's for three seconds or 30 seconds or a minute until that person picks up the phone. So like never, ever, ever put somebody on hold. I completely agree. Simplifying the intake and making it so whoever it is that answers the phone can help them at that minute. And if that person is busy, have the phones roll over to somebody else who can help them. That might be somebody else in your office, but most law firms are not large enough to have a team of answering service, people answering the phones or legal assistance in the office. And so usually after it goes through the first person or maybe the second person, we need to then roll it over to the answering service to make sure they are answering the phones live in a well-trained manner with proper etiquette so that the caller doesn't even realize it happened. It rang at the first person's line. They were on the phone busy. It then rang over to the second person they were busy and then it ran, rang over to Lex. And so we. most phone services call that a hunt group, right? It went to one, then it hunted for the next, then hunted for the next. And the last leg on the hunt group or the call forwarding is Lex reception uh, to make sure your calls are answered correctly. So I'm in complete agreement with that. Do not, absolutely do not transfer a person around to talk to multiple different people. The person they speak to first, should absolutely be able to schedule that call for them right then and there, or that appointment for them right then and there
1: right and that's kind of what i was going to go into next you're going to make sure that you get the basic information whether it's name number email whatever information you want collected whoever's answering the call make sure they're doing that build the intake script accordingly so if you have several practice areas and you want it kind of broken down based on the practice area you don't want to ask the same questions to a criminal attorney i'm sorry a criminal attorney a criminal lead that you would the bankruptcy client or a personal injury. Um, so having those different case types to kind of ask those questions that you need.
0: Yeah, and, and just to put a plug in for you guys, you have a pretty easy to use interface that they can build out. If this happens, then this is said, right? So Correct. you guys use if then, lang- if then Logic really well in your software to set this up. And so, yes, you know, if it's a family law case, then use this script and structure. If it's a bankruptcy, then use this script and structure or so on and so forth. So you can build multiple types of scenarios in for different types of case types if your firm happens to be a firm that has multiple practice areas. So, yeah, easy to, easy to do and, and Lex Reception has done a great job, not to give them a, a plug, but yeah, they're here for a plug to a certain extent to provide value as well as to make sure you get a plug. It's it's good to make sure that the person you're whoever's answering the phone, whether they be your own rep or somebody like Lex Reception, understands how to freely move from one if scenario to another, then do this solution. So you you were you were about to go into some of these things beyond the phone, and I interrupted you.
1: Uh, Yes. So PNCs don't just always call. They might fill out a web form. If you have a contact me now form on your website, live chat, email, even social media. So again, kind of having a system in place to make sure you're responding to those immediately. I know because I work eight hours on the phone all day calling and calling and calling. So by the time I'm off work, it goes back to why I forget to call my doctors. I don't want to have to make another call. By this point, I'd rather just go on, send a quick chat, get what I need taken care of. So there are definitely other ways besides just a phone.
0: Yeah, so, and you, you, your next stat here shows what, 90% of the people find live chat options useful? Mm-hmm. Um, so to, I want to be clear. We're not saying that Lex Reception offers chat services. What we're suggesting is, don't forget one of the ways to ensure that you increase your conversions uh, from your um, leads to actual, pardon me, from your marketing into leads that become uh, uh, prospects in your firm is to have chat on your landing pages in your website, have form fills, give them other methodologies to reach out to you other than just picking up the phone. That was your primary point, right?
1: Yes, but I know you mentioned not saying we do do that but we actually do do that as well. Just Oh,
0: cool. Okay.
1: <laughs> we do chats, we do outbound calls, so that is definitely something that we can also help with.
0: Okay, so so if somebody doesn't use one of the other services out there that offers chat and you and they wanted to keep it all under the Lex Reception umbrella, you could have like literal live chat happening with a receptionist as compared to a, a, bot, a bot chat of some kind is that correct correct got it okay good that's good to know and you also make outbound calls that's a bigger discussion that i don't know that is part of this conversation but let me just say this um if you so when you get your set rate, so for those of you not are new around here and you don't know what I'm talking about, the set rate is the number of appointments that you set as compared to the number of leads qualified leads that you had. So it's a division problem. It's number of sets divided by number of qualified leads. That's your set rate. So depending on practice area and geography and different things, there's different goals for different set rates. Generally speaking, we want it to be over 75%. Um, and so if our set rate isn't over 75%, uh, it's it's usually one of a number of reasons. One, because we're not following the 11-step structure, and we're not making sure we we make we you know we inspect and train and do the whole nine yards with a staff. The the other is because after they leave the pipeline, for whatever reason, if they don't schedule on that call, and there are some reasons why it happens, whether it's because the lead came in, and we just couldn't get them on the phone, or we got them on the phone. they they didn't schedule right away um, then what we need to do is we need to have outbound calls and what we need to understand is exactly how many outbound calls we need to make in order to get an appointment again it's math folks it's not an expense it's an investment if you have to make a hundred outbound calls to make a sale not an unusual number. If you have to make a hundred outbound calls to out of pipeline leads to get a sale, they move through the pipeline to become a retained client. And you say, well, those hundred outbound calls average, you know, three minutes a call between hangups and no connects and conversations. And so we had 300 minutes and it's X number of dollars a minute. I don't know, call it two bucks a minute. Don't know what they charge. I'm making this number up, but call it two bucks a minute. That's $600. It costs you $600 to acquire a client. If that client value is high enough, it makes sense. Now, it usually isn't going to cost you $600. Typically, in our experience, it costs somewhere around $75 to $150 in additional expense to get that a client onboarded by making the outbound calls. But while I know this conversation isn't necessarily about that, I want you to know that one of the ways you increase your set rate is to make outbound calls and if you don't have somebody on your team that can do it it's nice to know you have a company like lex reception that you can outsource it to sorry go ahead by the way ken shepard was asking can you discuss reporting to firm and the attorney from lex so we can inspect is there a dashboard so uh, how does lex handle reporting from that perspective uh brie that
1: will all be on the dashboard like if we're doing the outbound or the chats yep yeah, that so, and, and then the, the only board.
0: thing that they you don't you don't do is in so just because it's you know somewhat proprietary to us you don't score your reps on whether they're using the 11 steps or not that's meant for the firms to do in-house correct correct okay good making sure sorry go ahead keep going
1: I um, so going back to the chat so if you do have email web chat, anything like that however people are reaching out again just make sure you're doing it right away online waiting one minute it really does feel like a long time um after the intake has been collected so we've already got the information make sure to get them scheduled on your calendar and this is where you're getting that commitment getting them on the books whether it's a consultation by Um, phone, video, or in-person, when it comes to that first in-person meeting, um, the the 2021 Legal Trends Report reported that 76% of people prefer in-person meetings, 70% phone, and again, 58% wanted video conferences, which demonstrated a radical shift compared to pre-COVID.
0: Yeah, so, so, it, it, it is a dramatic shift and it is here to stay. And so in this new world, not only do we have to understand how to properly schedule that call, we also have to understand how to manage that new PNC in the initial consultation. Not a conversation for this, this call, but let's talk about that scheduling so you you all will use, will you use the scheduling software they have available or do you use a specific scheduling software? So if they use Calendly, we use Calendly or if you have to use Schedule 1. So like, how does it work in your world?
1: In our world, if it's a calendar like Calendly, Acuity, any type of calendar where we don't have to log in and we can just go straight to the link. Yes, we can use someone else's calendar. Great. We also have our own, which is Setmore. It's our own our own proprietary software. And yeah. we can, if they don't have one, we can work with and they use Google or Office, we can use that and just sync it so they're talking to each other.
0: Great. And then and then that set more will has built-in like reminders. It'll send a text message reminder and an email reminder to the prospect to remind them of their appointment. Correct. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. So so there you go. So for those of you that are, that, that may be smaller and don't have a CRM listen i have a crm and i still use the automation inside the calendaring system because i think it's a little bit more robust i also think that it's less spammy and their emails are delivered more often and and the text messages are a bit more reliable um uh so i i highly recommend uh when you're building your reminder sequences you utilize the the calendaring software uh to do that now again That comes back to this whole idea of the world we live in is now very used to the fact that things are going to be done virtually, and they're being trained by the rest of the world that they don't understand what you mean when you say, well, I don't have access to his calendar right now. There's no reason for that anymore. Your calendar is likely either on Google or on uh, Outlook, uh, Microsoft 365, or your calendar is on a proprietary software system that integrates with Outlook or Google. Uh, And then these calendaring systems, like the one that Lex has as a proprietary system and others, they then integrate with Outlook and Google and they can see what the availability is. And you can set up rules that says, you know, only schedule in these hours, only schedule for this amount of time and so on and so forth. And then you can tell them how often we want the person to be reminded about the call um, how how often how many texts they want we can even say you know you can only, you can't schedule appointments that are more than 48 hours or 72 hour business hours out so you can create all sorts of guidelines in this software that makes it very convenient for the person answering the phone to relay to the person that the new pot- potential new client or the, the PNC um what that we've got our stuff together that we're on the ball that we've got this dialed in and it's no problem it shouldn't be a surprise because the pnc has done business with other companies who already made them feel that way and so they know it's possible and they're wondering why you as a law firm aren't with it so uh if you're not using a calendaring software you really need to be sorry Bree, go ahead
1: And I think also having the option to do video, it's going to open up your practice area. Like if you can practice in a larger area, not having to have someone come in the office when they're two hours away or not having to go to them. So there are benefits from having the videos, you know, no travel time for you, no travel time for them, being able to maybe have a shorter call because it isn't in person um, so I, rem- I recommend having those in step, whether it's uh, in-person, phone, video, whatever, just have that available to your PNCs, because I think the stakes are really high for attorneys right now. It's a competitive market, and the more flexible you are, the more clients you're going to bring in.
0: Yeah, I, I think the day of not having it is gone. Um, uh, I, we, here's what we know. We know in-person still converts the best. Ironically, some firms are still having great success converting over the phone. Um, and But in mo- the majority of our experience, we find that Zoom converts higher or video conferencing converts higher than does a phone call. So typical hierarchy, the highest conversions are in-person, video, and phone. But if you don't offer video and phone, you're, you're not offering two of the three options that your clients might actually want or need because they would prefer it as compared to getting in their car and driving to you. And so we can't, I mean, we could try to lock them down and not let them not schedule a video or a phone, but I, I do believe it'll affect your overall set rate. So I agree with you.
1: Um, So after the PNC is already ready to hire, once they're a client, this just kind of goes back to the different softwares that you can have in place, a CRM system. So once the new lead information is taken from your your phone person, answering person, whoever is taking those calls, have it pushed to the CRM, you know, so it does the check-ins for you. Having an online payment system, document sending, um, so that once you take that new lead information and you hang up with them, you can automate to send out the retainer forms, um, appointments, deadline reminders, even text message, um, kind of going back to what we talked about, about having the text or email notifications. Um, so you can have other systems in place too to help with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a great observation, you know, so there's, yeah. yeah. Some people don't love this statement, but you can't get a little bit pregnant on this, right? If you're, if you're going to be a firm that's going to be out there in the battlefield and realize the competitive market is there and, and that you're going to commit to being a firm that's going to be okay virtually, it's no longer okay to say, oh, well, we, we don't do docu DocuSign. In very, 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 very rare exceptions, uh, do you need a wet signature? I mean, most situations, you don't need a wet signature anymore. Some cases you do but not every situation, most can take uh, electronic signatures. And so, um, you know, to be able to have SMS reminders, to be able to make sure people are getting caught up, making sure you have simplified ways to make payments, both for you in a portal and for them if they wanna make their own payment. Um, so going virtual you know, and, and, and really embracing micromanaging and the client experience of this new virtual world means having all of the tools and yeah, it means you as a small business owner, your life gets a little bit more complicated. You know, I, I think last year, and I'm not saying you're gonna have to do this, but last year, my company invested $60,000 in software. $60,000 in software. That's a really big number. And I gotta be honest with you, in December when I went through all my bills and I went through my credit cards and I'm, and I'm adding it all up and I'm going, man, I went to all my team and I'm like, Hey, can, what can we get rid of? And the, the answer was nothing. Guess what my bill this year is going to be? $60,000. There's nothing I can do about it because I rely so much on this software. But it's also what allows me to have the life that I have. It allows me to have the regularity of conversions that I have. It allows us to have all, all the checkboxes that I like about my business and about my life are happening because of the software i'm not saying you're going to spend 60. what i am saying is there's going to be some investment in the right software and you're going to need to do it because it's going to make sure that you can maintain your firm on the systems you want to be maintained by so you can have some assemblance of freedom by the way it brings up another topic that that means you have to make sure you're pricing your services correctly because if you don't price your services correctly, now how possibly can you afford to have things like this software? And so for those of you who wanna be the cheapest firm in town, it ain't gonna work because you won't have any money left to be able to afford the software you need to be able to micromanage the client experience in this new virtual world. And so inflation is going to happen. You're going to have to increase your fees so that you're priced correctly, so that you can realize the profits you should realize so that you can help more people. That was a little plug for next week's presentation in Partners Club, sorry. Anyway, Bree, uh, what else do you wanna cover?
1: Um, well, really last I just kind of wanted to say like I've been hearing from a lot of solo to small firms saying how much easier life has been being able to work kind of remotely. So a lot of people don't plan to go back to a normal brick and mortar. So I really feel that the steps we discussed today, this is actually attainable. So to determine what's best for your law firm, you just need to determine what's best for your clients.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great point. Um, And so uh, like, and I agree with Bree that it's not going back. I know, I know there are firms, I have spoken to firms who are trying desperately to drag their firm back to brick and mortar, drag their employees back in full-time, drag their clients into the office as often as they want. And you can do that. But in today's world, you're probably going to have a hard time attracting the best possible employees because many of the great employees want some freedom to be able to work remotely. You're gonna have a hard time getting all of your new potential clients into your consult room because a percentage of them want to meet virtually. And, and, and you aren't gonna experience the freedom that ultimately you can have uh, because you're not working remotely. And yeah, I know it's harder. And I, at least it seems harder at first. But I'll tell you with a little bit of practice, Uh, and a little bit of patience, uh, and a lot of hard work, Uh, you can build a firm that's actually stronger and more responsive uh, and and has actually better customer service and better freedom for you as a remote firm than an in-person firm. A lot of times I find the reason why people like to go back to in-person is because they like to see what their team is doing. They like to see that they're working. They think if they have eyes on them, they're working great. I heard it said this way. If you have an A or a B player, A players, they're going to work great anywhere. A B player on your team, they're going to work pretty well consistent in both places. Um, If you have a C player on your team, C players struggle working from home. And I get that. And there's going to be a lot less room for C players in this new virtual world. So that's another part of this argument is you have to have the right team to operate this correctly but i i know you can do it and i know that it's worth it that's why you want to do it so Bree, if they can get a hold of you uh what what can they do and, and did you have anything you were going to offer them I, I didn't ask but do you want to make an offer of any kind
1: um, yeah, so they can just email or text me, um, text me, call me. <laughs> I say text because I talked to a lot of the attorneys in this group already. <laughs> um, but you can email, you can call. And then if you are not a client, and you do want to reach out um, for this webinar, you're going to get $100 off your first month.
0: Okay, cool. So you've got an offer for them to get some um, money off their first month. If they want to get a hold of you, they can call, uh, email you. I just put your email in there i think i got it right it looks like you couldn't find a longer one so you went with that um and yeah we got it and your phone number is 1-866-309-0920 and your uh, email again was brianna not brianna correct
1: but it's dot i don't know why it has a dash it's a dot
0: it's a dot, not a dash. Ooh, yeah. better fix that. Okay, Brianna, Brianna, da, dot, not dash. How do I say your last name correctly? Yorga. Yorga. Okay. I, I can barely say it. So, at lexreception.com. All right. So, hey, listen, I appreciate you coming on today and sharing your knowledge and experience both as a rep who has been on the front lines of answering phones for uh, our clients and others and I appreciate you sharing your experience with now talking to hundreds and hundreds of attorneys all across the country and what you see to be true between what was pre-COVID and pre-virtual world and now this post-COVID post-virtual world and I thank you for being a great partner for us and our members uh, and I appreciate you and coming on today.
1: Thank you for having me. And it was good seeing all the little faces of everyone.
0: Yeah, it was good to see everybody. I can't wait to see everybody in person next week. All right, everybody, hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Uh, As always, this is all about helping your firm uh, progress forward one system at a time. And the goal is for you to be able to achieve more freedom and more profit uh, so that you can ultimately help more families while still maintaining a life for yourself. I hope to see some of you at the next event. If you're watching this on uh, a podcast or YouTube, of course, we want you to like it and comment on it and share it because you know all that stuff is good for the community as well as it is for us. But if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me, Richard at therichardjames.com. We've got a brand new masterclass we'd love to share with you. You can go to attorneyseminar.com. That's attorneyseminar.com. And we'd love you to watch that brand new masterclass. Uh, I think that uh, my team has done a great job with it. Hope you enjoy it. For now, we'll see you next time. Have a great day, everybody. I hope you enjoy today's episode. I hope you learn something about a system that you could put into your law firm so you can build that law firm that supports your lifestyle rather than undermine your lifestyle. I hope that you feel like you're part of our community we call Entrepreneurial Attorney Nation. If you'd like to learn more about what we do around here, the best way to get started is to go ahead and go to our website, therichardjames.com. That's therichardjames.com and request a free copy of one of our books so that you can take the next step in learning how we can help you build your practice better one system at a time.